chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Formerly known as the Group of Death, all four members of that Eurogroup are now the Group of the Dead. France, Portugal, Germany, and of course Hungary are all out now, just a week after the group stage ended. We've got quarterfinal matchups at the Euros to preview. We've got a couple of round of 16 games we're going to focus on and recap. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Javier, are, are we reeling right now? I feel like my picks did not do so well. Not that I was expecting to go, you know, perfect, but... I, I mean, mine didn't go well either. I think I got... Let's see, I got... I think I got four of the eight quarterfinals right. I think we both predicted Croatia, which... I think we like we honestly I'm not going to be full I'm not going to take full like sh- shit for Spain beating Croatia because we were pretty close on that one and they absolutely could have won it with like a last minute um shot in that game. Um and then the other one that like the, the like no one could have predicted the France Switzerland. I mean Hey, I threw it out there. I teased it. You teased it. I teased but like, how Switzerland have like, frustrated big teams before. I, doubt, but I didn't think I it was doubt that happen. anyone I don't know if like there's like some sort of bracket game in this, but I doubt that anyone still has like a bracket that's that's completely accurate going into these quarterfinals because there were so many results that were kind of completely I don't know against like what you would think would happen. Yeah, I mean, let's just start off with with Monday because Monday was kind of a historic day in you know international football in general. We had two games that were three one with I mean it depends on each game but with a, about fifteen to ten to fifteen minutes left both games the Croatia uh, Spain game and the Switzerland uh, France game were three one uh, with a couple minutes left and Croatia and Switzerland both come back to tie it and force extra time you know Croatia obviously aren't able to pull it off in the end but uh, they end up losing five three eight goals in that game. Uh, France Switzerland ends three three with Switzerland going through on penalties six goals in that game. It's an absolutely insane day of football. I'm just mad that I was like I was pretty busy with work, so I had it on, but I wasn't you know yeah, as focused I, uh, as I would have liked to have been. Sadly, like I've seen every I saw I watched every one of the knockout round games except for those two games that day. I went to like a squash tournament in DC you with um, with like you? one of our one of our like Heights old Heights friends Sebastian. We were like he was like all right, there's like a Heights or there's a squash tournament in DC during the day, and I was like all right, like I thought to myself like Croatia Spain like won't be that big of a deal and then like i can get home to watch france switzerland i did watch like the extra time of france switzerland and the penalties but like i missed the fucking the entire five three i looked at my phone and i was just the entire time just like pressing refresh trying to like see what was going on and when croatia came back i was just i mean I, why, don't we, why don't we just dive into that game to start um so uh, like the, the 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 main characters that we talked about which was like pedri sarabia ferran torres they were they were they were they showed up for spain 
Um, and oh, they were the ones who really you're, you're missing Alvaro needed. Morata. We have we have to you have to give him his I'm due when there. he does. I'm it. getting there. I'm getting there. So I mean, Morata missed a bunch of chances in the in the in regular regulation time in this, um, and it looked like it was just going to be another frustrating Morata performance. Um, but him, he eventually got the 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 win. What was the winner in the hundredth hundredth minute? And it was a beautiful finish. Took it down with his right foot, volleyed it like incredibly clean with that's, his left foot. That ends up outside of the stand like nine times out of ten. But that tenth right. time, it just lasered into the top corner. But he, he he did it, and that's that's I'm sure why he can do that stuff, and that's why people are still willing to pay obscene amounts of money for him. Even though I still think he's a garbage player, um, you know, he really showed up in this. Um, and then I got to give a shout out to Croatia because, you know, like we said, this was the first team that really challenged Spain's midfield. They were able to get a hand in the game. I mean, they went up by a pretty fortunate own goal. They were, they were still pretty um, disappointing, though. Like I thought, like Modric. Had they were. Like, they were. And then I thought. I thought it wasn't. I don't think it was three one up. I think they were only. They were down. No, they were down. No, they were three one. They up. were down three one. Yeah, Croatia were down three one. And, and I mean, I, I thought that. Sarabia was really good. I thought on the Croatia side, I thought Orsic was also. I mean, he was like the main creator. He this was really his his best game of the tournament so far. Um, he hadn't seen that much game time in the in the group stages, but he scored a goal and created in this and was a pest the whole time. But then, yeah, once we got into extra time, you know, you kind of felt that that depth that Spain had, they were just able to bring in like a bunch of like very good players off the bench to to keep the team fresh and. This veteran Croatia team, once they got into extra time, you could just they, they didn't have the legs to beat the Spain team. I mean, Spain had six or seven chances in extra time, I want to say. I know that um, Unai Simon had that horrible error for the for that first goal for Croatia, but what a recovery from him. I mean, after you make a, a terrible mistake like that in a game of this caliber, he then went on to make three or four like incredibly good saves that kept Spain in this game at, at important points. Um, and like credit to him because he's a young goalkeeper, you know. I remember like an error like that could absolutely destroy your confidence in a game. And yeah, just you, you rarely see errors like that even on any type of pro level. But just call shout out to him because I think he's going to be a fantastic goalkeeper in the future. Um, he really surprised me with how he recovered in that game. I went back and watched both of these games later, but I was just you know <laughs> like salty that I missed them live because they were so much fun. Um, but yeah, you got to give I a shout out also to Aspilicueta. Oh, Aspilicueta. Now that's that's the goal I don't have on here. Yeah. Aspilicueta, he was he was monstrous. He's I mean, he's changed so Spain the way that Spain looked these last two games cuz he's never gotten really like game time for Spain and now it seems yeah. like he's going to be a fixture of the team going forward like you need him. Like it makes sense in the the first tournament in probably our lifetime or maybe even ever that there's no Real Madrid players on the team. You know, a couple of Barcelona players here and there. Uh, but no really like big personalities. It makes sense that they brought him in for this tournament. The only thing that doesn't make sense is that they didn't, you know, start him from the very beginning. Uh, you know, ever since he's been in, the two games he's played, I mean, they kept a clean sheet against Slovakia and then, you know, conceded three in this. So not ideal, but he chips in with a goal, his first ever goal for Spain. He's been just pushed off to the side because he plays in uh, played in, well, France uh, before England when he was playing for Marseille and then uh, came to Chelsea in 2012. So it's kind of like the Jaden Sancho uh, thing that English uh, fans were talking about where, you know, these players aren't respected because they don't play in the domestic league when in reality they're he's fresh off winning a Champions League and he's won every trophy you could really ask of him at, at the club level. So uh, it's nice to see him finally getting a little bit of shine 
And even though I didn't really expect Spain to, you know, put together performances like this, five goals in each of their last two games, you know, against varying levels of opposition, uh, even, even despite those, uh, those those really good performances, like offensively, are, are you still, uh, are you convinced yet? Because I'm, I'm still not, like. No, I'm not. I mean, I've, first of all, the fact that they let up a 3-1 lead, um, you know, they were they were up 3-1 in the 84th minute, right? And like Croatia came back, scored two goals, um, and then like I said, like Simon had to make a couple of saves in between the time that Morata scored the goal in the hundredth minute. Like there was a couple really good Croatia chances, um, and Spain could have easily lost that game. Like I know you said Croatia were disappointing, but I think for like what the resources they had, they they, they put on a decent showing, and they can go out of this tournament with their heads held high. You know, knowing that they did their best, this was you know the kind of the last hurrah for their golden generation. Maybe they'll still have a decent World Cup, but you know, this is going to be a team that's going to need new coaches, new players coming up, and you know they're going to have to get refreshed because this was. I think they were they're one of the oldest teams in the tournament. So, Sweden, you know, like Sweden is the oldest I'm not, team in the world. I'm not, the oldest team oh, okay. in the tournament. I'm not. Um, I'm not convinced by Spain. I don't think that they're gonna. I could see them making it to the final because they have such an easy path there. But I don't. I don't. I can't really see them winning it if they get there. No, the, then again, their though, any, game, any team the next that game is easy, but quote unquote, yeah. yeah. And then the the game after that, we'll see. But that next game is going to be against Switzerland. Uh, what, what can you right, say about Switzerland, Alex? <laughs> Alex where do we start? Because <laughs> I have some. We start by to apologizing out. to Seferovic. Yeah. Sorry, Seferovic. You're not complete shit. You're yeah, not an I, old okay, loser. You know what? You know no. I'm not apologizing. Fuck you, Harris Severovich, because 90% of the games I watch of him at Benfica, admittedly, I don't watch a ton of Benfica, but you know, in the past when I've seen him at Benfica, the only time I've ever seen him look anywhere close to decent is when he was playing next to Joao Felix before he moved on to Atletico Madrid. And that was like, you could fully tell as you were watching it, like, oh, Felix is clearly making the players around him better. And I think Severovich had like like 20 goals in all competitions that season as a result. Ever since Felix left, he's gone back to his usual mediocre self. But every now and then, for freaking Switzerland, he just puts it together and, you know, plays like the the center forward that they've been crying out for for years. And he just managed to do it again, except this time it's against the best team in the world. And he managed to pull it off, not only to put them ahead, but also when they were 3-1 down after that. I mean, I don't know anyone that I know you weren't watching it live, but as it was happening live, Pogba scores that brilliant, like, driven curler and you just insane think, goal and, yeah. and it camped off a period where you know france had been uh behind and then within you know two or three minutes they go two one up and a couple minutes later pogba scores to make it three one and during that period of france like retaking the lead it just seemed like imperious it just seemed like france thought like okay enough of this we've had enough now it's time to play, and they just you know took right. the lead. France, and it just, felt France like it was just completely turned it on. Right after, right after Benzema scored the first goal, um, you know, I was I was watching back the commentary, and the commentators like, "All right, this has woken France up." And then, like two minutes later, France scored right. again. Benzema, both by the way, Benzema. I mean, I know that you love Olivier Giroud, but frankly, you know, uh, well, you'll say that they won the World Cup with Giroud, so you know, maybe he should have started this tournament, but I think Benzema did, did kind of live up to expectation here. Yeah. I mean, he I think Benzema did well. Drew Scor- scored zero goals in that world cup. But, right. Uh, all that matters is the trophy cabinet at the end of it. So it's true. It's true. Um, but then, you know, granted Jaka, man, like I, I don't like him. I want him gone from Arsenal in the summer, but he randomly puts in performances like that. I like, I even remember in that for the four, one and the Europa league final, I thought he was like by far our best player. And he put in, 
That was like one of the best games I've seen him play in an Arsenal shirt. Um, and then this is probably what, the best the game I've ever seen him Europa play. League final. He he was the only player who gave a shit and like actually yeah, but played well. That's not well the in same as the, one of the best games in a, in an Arsenal shirt. That's like, you know. Well, no, I'm just saying like, like when it's, it's like been a, a big occasion. Performance. No, when yeah, yeah, when, when it's. <laughs> When it's been, when it's been, no, he was like an eight out of ten. When everyone else was like a three out of ten. I don't know about that. In my opinion, in that fi- in that final. How about but, this? He's an eight anyway. out of ten because he didn't allow your your team your team to walk off the field without going over and apologizing to the fans. Absolutely, he was like one of the few people who like gave a shit, right? Like, and then I know it's funny to say that after you know he told the fans to fuck off and like threw the captain's armband on the ground, but. He was man of the match in this. He provided the assist for Gravanovic. It was a beautiful like twenty five yard through ball, um, and then Gravanovic. Looked extremely dangerous after he came on. Got a beautiful, you know, equalizer, and then he was one of the players who who buried his penalties. Um, and then, I mean, granted, Shaka was the one who fucking was hyping up all the players, you know, at the beginning of extra time, and then right before the penalties. Um, you know, a, a real captain's performance from him. And frankly, without him, like he's suspended for the next match. I, like I don't think Switzerland are going to be anything close to as good without him in the team. Shaka is. Suspended. I think he's like. The, he is, yeah, from yellow card accumulations from the group stage, okay. which I think is retarded. I think it's like, like why? Hey, 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 I understand, like, if you words. get, yeah, you're right, you're right. It, I think it's very stupid. But like, if you get three yellow cards in the group stage, okay, maybe you should get suspended for the quarterfinals. But I don't understand why three yellow cards in between the group stage and the round of sixteen, like, make gives you makes you miss the round of eight. Like, to me, that's like such a brutal punishment, and like, you shouldn't ever miss. A quarter final because of a, a yellow card accumulations. Like if you okay, yeah, if you get a red card in the round of sixteen, sure, yeah, you should miss the the round of eight. I just don't understand why there's like a rule that you know makes it matter all the way to the round of eight when it shouldn't, in my opinion. I don't have the the research to back this up, but I'm going to go ahead and make an educated guess that uh, people were very effectively. Uh, you know, spreading around yellow cards and more uh, like years ago, I mean, and that that kind of led to, you know, the the powers that be thinking, all right, we have to have some sort of punishment so that, you know, players don't use their yellow card every game like you would use like five fouls in an NBA game, you know, so or six fouls, sorry, five fouls is college. Uh, so I, I'm guessing there was there was some reason for it, but I agree with you. It's it just seems outdated, like teams use fouls now to you know break up the the tempo of a game and you know stop counterattacks for tactical reasons but uh, no one's no one's like trying to get yellow cards anymore so I, yeah i don't know it's just yeah i agree it's, yeah, especially it seems, now with it var especially now with var especially like with var which like if if something serious really happens you can get a red card they can go back and review it like I don't know. I think it's kind of outdated, like you say. They, they need to change that rule. Um, but I mean, all credit to Switzerland. You know, we gave them no chance in this. Um, I know that you teased it, but so I know. I mean, we both kind of thought that it was going to be an easy two or three nil win for France, and we, we gave them no uh, chance. I thought I thought it was really interesting that um, so uh, Granit Xhaka like revealed what he said like after extra time, and like he said that the Swiss players could see after France went up 3-1 that they just kind of relaxed. That they like sat yeah. back and thought, like you said, like they were in like an imperious moment at that point and they thought to themselves, oh, it's over. We're up 3-1 against Switzerland. Like this team's not going to score another two goals on us, you know? Um, and Jaka said that like he saw, like that they all saw the, the French team kind of relaxing and, and sitting back. And it's so weird, isn't it? Like you'd think the opposite. It's so weird. You'd think and then, the French and would then, look and across then, and be like, "Oh, we've broken them." Switzerland are like, "Oh, we can't come back." But you know, the complete opposite happens. I love sports, man. And, and then, and then, and then, and Jaka. Apparently, he said at you know 
right before the extra time started, he's like, look, guys, you saw the way they looked at us like after 3-1 down. They thought we were done. Like, let's fucking show them that we're not you know, just chump change. Like, we like we already have them against the wall. You you kind of get that feeling once they equalize, like, the 3-3. Three, three, and, like, extra time, like, France had a couple chances. So did Switzerland, but it was pretty tight. Like, it, you yeah, never really... Fran- you kind of felt like it was going to penalties. They made a bunch of moves, like taking off Griezmann for... Right, they took Sissoko, a bunch of attacking who, like, players, right. Why is Moussa Sissoko in the French national team squad? Who knows like, why he's still in there, dude. It's the same, it's the same as Mendanda, you know? I don't think you know? he was there for the, he, for the World Cup. He was there for the Euros in 2016, but I don't think he was there for the World Cup. And I don't know what he's done in, like, the three years since he that was, World he Cup. He was. He was. He was there in the World Cup. I, well, he didn't play, that's for sure. Because, like, Blaise Matuidi was still, you know, a big part of the team. And he's obviously, you know, retired, but... He wasn't getting like meaningful opportunities after that 2016 World Cup where like he played or sorry, the Euros where he played pretty well in it. But, you know, in his club career, he just hasn't he hasn't progressed at all. Like he's he's the same player he was years ago. Well, he's like 31 or 32 years old. I mean, I don't think the dude is going to ever get any better. He just just I think he hit his peak. Right, he hit his peak getting to a Tottenham. Like I remember, we used to think he yeah. was complete shit. That got him. We used to think he was move. complete shit. Right, we used to think he was complete shit at Newcastle. Like I never understood how he was even like a pro player. But then he like kind of turned into a decent player at Tottenham. And then he's just you know he that was his level. Like I don't I don't I think I like to me the fact that he ever even got to that level where I thought he wasn't a complete shit player anymore. Like good on him. You know what I mean? He improved enough to to to, to merit that. But yeah, I agree. That was that was a super shitty move. It's just like a weird move. Like I know Griezmann played a lot and you're trying to make a defensive like like defensively solid move to close out the game like it makes sense but we have to I call mean, it Mbappe, dumb man. Mbappe had like three 1v1s basically with the keeper he put them all wide yeah, it was not his tournament he missed the, the the final penalty and then there was one thing that kind of really bothered me um, which I kind of saw I saw like on Reddit later that people noticed this I obviously didn't notice it after the match but then I went back and watched after the penalties after Mbappe missed the penalty and I mean this guy's like your talisman like clearly your best player in for the next 10 years he misses his penalty and like all the French players like kind of just like sulk away into the dressing room like no one really goes to console him like i I don't know if like you think that's like not a big deal but to me it Uh kind of shows that like this french team is a little (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i kind of feel like this french team has a bunch of like like paul pogba's and griezmann's and i mean even mbappe just people with like big personalities but also just like think that they're always the best on their player on their team and all think that they deserve to have the ball and to be the best player in the world and all this shit and in the end, when you put players like that, a bunch of players like that together, sometimes, like, yeah, you can get through with, like, a bunch of individual performances, but I kind of feel like this this Euros, France France just tried to rely on their individual brilliance more than, like, team play. Yeah. Like, I was never that impressed with their team play, even during the group stage, like, at any point, really. Like, I never thought, like, they're putting in great passes together, like, and, like, even in Golo Conte, like, I, I, thought, I didn't hey, think, like, Golo hey, had hey, a bad hey, performance. Hey, 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 hey. Come no, on, come but on. I... Th- but Xavier... Pick your battles. That's not one you're going to win. Well, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to slander him at all. I just think that he wasn't as like effective in the midfield as he was in previous tournaments. Like I don't. Yeah, and I don't think that's his fault. I think that's Deschamps probably like the way that he set up the team to play and like like I I also didn't like that they started like Rabio like left wing back and like. That, that to me that was just kind of bizarre how he set up the team to play against Switzerland, who they went up one nil and then he had to take off. 
he had to Langlet. like switch to like I think a four at the back. Yeah, he, he had to take off Flanglet yeah. and like and as soon as they did that, France looked way better. And I was just like, why would you start five at the back against Switzerland? Right. You were like a defensive team. I, I don't know. I think Deschamps is done. I, I mean, he's probably going to get to coach for the World Cup. Yeah, the, but the next I don't World think Cup's he's going to take France away. Like, yeah, other you're than not going to fire Lowe, him now. Be many teams that are you know trying to move their team and like start over again to be ready for a World Cup in a year and a half that you just don't have enough time to do that for. Look, this was a colossal failure from France, and one hundred percent, it can't be it can't be understated how how like how much blame I put on the players as well as the coach. Like, I really think that this was just this is like kind of the, I don't know if it's like a, a French problem, but I, I really think that like. It's a reason why they didn't win the last Euros and why they didn't end up winning this Euros. Like they don't have the mentality or like the unity to go and go do what Spain did, you know, in in two thousand eight, two thousand ten, two thousand twelve. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's really saying anything. I think you more so when you, you talk about that, you just need to recognize how special that Spain team was. It's uh, like just because I mean, no, I think this France, France team is like similar is level of of special. Like I, no, I, I, don't, I honestly I don't think, think so because like, some of the players they, don't they play have the like, same way and they don't have the same incredible. continuity of, of of clubs. You know, that Spain right. team is built up right. like two major clubs that were at the top of their game at the time, namely Barcelona, uh, and, and then filled in with obviously great stars from Real Madrid and some uh, Premier League teams. Th- this France team, you know, it's, it's Bayern Munich. It's, you know, maybe like one or two PSG and then like a smattering other, of other clubs. It's uh, it, there, There's a core unit, but I think what I detailed in, I think it was the preview for the tournament or maybe it was the, the for, first pod we did during the group stage. I, I was talking about how France, it seems very clear and uh, obvious that there's like a like there's two teams within the France team. There's the defensive unit and then there's the attacking unit. And, you know, on paper or like if you're playing a game of FIFA, it kind of makes sense to have, you know, like Griezmann, Benzema, Mbappe and, you know, maybe Pogba. You guys go focus on attack. You four are, you know, such great players in your own right. You can figure it out in attack. The rest of us will sit back here and defend. And, you know, all the names in defense are, you know, just as outstanding, including N'Golo Kante. But when you se- like separate a team into like two factions like that, where, you know, you, you seven, your job is this, the other three or four of you, it's it, it's go forward and attack. It's going to get like stale or predictable at some point. You have to have some sort of it's, it's a team of 11 people like there has to be some sort of like tactical, uh, you know, in-depth tactical approach with your entire team involved, not just four players. And it kind of makes like the defensive players, I don't want to say they don't try as hard, but it kind of makes them lose their edge if they know like, oh, my job isn't really to go forward and, you know, help out in the attack. My job is to, you know, stay back and be a bit more cautious and don't allow any counterattacks. And in the end, it just kind of it just kind of didn't work. So I think there needs to be some sort of like rethink about um, which of these players in like the defensive unit uh, do we need to ask more of and actually, you know, get to play further forward? I, I mean, there's probably some there's some issues with, you know, Pavard not looking like healthy or himself. Like I know they had Jules Kunde come in for a game or two. So they had some rotation at right back there. Same with left back with Digne and Lucas well, Hernandez yeah, and, just, and players. Well, no, Digne got hurt and then Lucas Hernandez didn't start this game, which again, I think that was just I'm a guessing, big, I'm guessing big mistake. he had some sort of injury too. He's one of those players who yeah. has like, like ghost injuries start, all the time. You wouldn't start Rabi. You wouldn't start Rabiot at like left wing back if you didn't have to. So I don't know. I'm um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be curious to see how like World Cup qualifying goes for France um, if they change their manager or the way that they play because I think that while that their strategy of like defensive shapes and 
playing on the counterattack worked um, to win the World Cup. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that it doesn't it doesn't still work because if Mbappe had buried, it, we even talked about it over text. Like that first game where France played and Mbappe scored those two offside goals. If he's if like one of those goals counts, right. like maybe that maybe the dude has four or five goals at this point in the tournament. And like the entire his confidence would have been up of not only the individual performance of Mbappe, but the team performance could have changed just from you know one or two decisions going a different way. Anyway, that's way too much on France. I know they're, it's a big surprise that they're knocked out, but they're not the yeah, only I mean, these ones. Were the two, these were the two biggest games of the round, so they're, they're not I, the I feel only like we ones gave it sufficient. Let's, 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 let's go out. back to the, to the beginning, though. Let's, go to, to, let's get some of these easy ones out of the way. We, we knew Denmark was going to handle Wales. I didn't think 4-0, but yeah. did it surprise you a little bit just how good they were and like how, like honestly, this I, is the I, first time a team's... I, I have to save my Denmark, my Denmark thoughts. They're... They're they're bursting out of me. They look so good. Okay. I know it's Wales. They look so they good. Look so good. They they looked awesome. They looked awesome. Um, you know, talk we'll talk about them more the, the for the previews. One. But yeah. but I just want to say like Wales were very disappointing. You know, Wales did not show up that much for this game. Um, well, you, I thought well, they were going to keep it, it closer. You called it where uh, Amsterdam. Obviously, it's you know it's not that big of a call that Amsterdam was, full, was very of, very of, close to full Denmark. Full of Danes. Yeah, and it was full of Danes. But also like Welsh fans couldn't travel there. Like they had to like sneak into the country, or they had to be living in in Holland already. So you know, it's just a, another Danish home game. Right. There so. was lockdown rules because of the Delta variant, and England's like going back into lockdown. So yeah, no, uh, the the UK basically. So it's uh, it was it was pretty much a home game for Denmark, but. You know, we'll talk about them more. But uh, you know, awesome performances from from Dolberg, from from Maley, from uh, it just we'll we'll get into them more. But yeah, four 0 It was it was a pretty easy game for them. At no point did you think Wills were ever going to get back into it or they had any chance. So um, you know, great great on Denmark. Yeah, and let's mention uh, Italy. I want to talk about Italy a bit more when we preview uh, Belgium, Italy. But uh, Italy beat Austria two one. They... I want I want to say I called that one. I told yeah. you Austria were going to like keep it close. They did. They got to the extra time. They even they made it nervy it. at the end. They, they even made it nervy. They a, yeah, they, had they absolutely could have won it at the end. Uh, rolled out for offside. I think in like the in like the 80th minute. minute. Yeah, and the entire second half, it was nil nil. Italy were playing well for the first half, but the entire second Austria half, Austria destroyed them. It the felt second like half. the Austria goal was coming, and that was like the crowning moment of the game for them. And then VAR like rolls the goal out. And Italy, you know, switch it back on when they bring on uh, a couple of really, really well thought out subs by uh, Roberto Mancini when he brought on uh, Chiesa and uh, Matteo Pessina, who scored the the two goals eventually. Yeah, those were the two the two Alex your Atalanta gods. They've been uh, they've been shining. Yes, they have. Javier. Well, but all, all of them except have. Ruslan Malinovsky, who uh, you know he's still alive. He's still in the tournament, but he hasn't. Uh, he has one assist for a goal in the first game, but yeah. Atalanta, they're so hot right now. So hot right now. Um. Yeah, but uh, but no, I mean, I thought that I thought that Italy and Mancini kind of got the tactics wrong in this. Um, I was kind of pissed he didn't bring on Chiesa until like the 80th minute, and as soon as they brought on Chiesa, like they had like a really good like it, it, it looked like he was their best player, and like I don't understand how this dude doesn't start for them. Um, well, because of you know, Domenico Berardi. Berardi's been playing really well, I was well say, this tournament. I was going to say, Berardi didn't really show up in this game. Um, yeah, but, but so far in this tournament, he's been excellent. You yeah, know, he's like, been great. You can't fault but, him But I was going to say, I was like gonna say on the other wing... Decision. Like I was going to say, on the other wing, um, you know, Immobile and the, the two like veteran players in that front line, pretty frustrating in this game. Oh, yeah, Insigne. Um, 
Insignia, Insignia was... had like four or five chances that you thought like he's got to bury one of these, right? And the dude just put them wide or put them straight at the keeper. Uh, I don't know. He, for me, he's always a very frustrating player to watch. And Italy got lucky in this one, man. Like I think Austria, like in regular time, I kind of felt they deserved it. So, in extra time, yeah, Italy, Italy kind of turned it back on and and like especially after they got that first goal, you, you felt like. But even even then, like. Austria scored like I think I want to say ten minutes. Like there was still like seven or eight minutes in extra time, and it was two one. And you felt like maybe Austria could even like get it to penalties. But um, I mean, Austria's got to be holding their heads held high from this tournament. The great performance yeah. from them. You know, nobody gave them a prayer in this game, and they 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 you know took Italy down to to the wire. So do you buy the? You know, gr- there, I see there seems to be like a general theory going around. You know, like the 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 people in post match uh, analysis and stuff that. It was a good thing that Italy had a game like this, where you know they didn't just walk all over their opposition, and they actually had to fight well, think, for it, and I they think, didn't play well, I, I think, but they still won. Like, do you buy that? I think Mancini or do you think they just tactically, no. I think Mancini tactically got it wrong here. He, the end. And then he, you know, he kind of it. got. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> got on his out, subs out, and won. Out, Yeah, he kind of got outplayed, and and in the end, like Italy's depth is what you know got them through this game because they still had great players off the bench to come on and change the game. Um, but I thought like in midfield they just looked a little bit leggy. That was the one thing that I could kind of tell that makes me doubt them being able to win this tournament. Um, is that, and I was saying this to you during the game, where like you could tell that this was like obviously like almost all of Italy's players playing Serie A, and then most of the Austrian team played in Bundesliga. After like the fifty fifth, sixtieth minute, you could tell like the Italians were getting leggy, and the Austrians were still like in good shape. The, the German league is known to be more of like a fast-paced, you know, a little bit more physical than the Italian, which is like more tactical, like you know, yeah, slow build-up. I know that, there's more pressing teams now, now in Italy. Like, yeah, 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 I know that that's Italy's kind of that's changed. Since, you know, Italy has progressed. Italy has progressed, but I could just tell like that the fitness of the players. I think it, it might be an issue going forward. Like if they get late in the games or if they get into another extra time battle, I could see them. Not coming out on top, um, you know, because they're playing games every four or five days, and it didn't seem like they're they were in the best of shape, especially just because, like you said, the last 35, 40 minutes, like it was all Austria. There was just almost like Italy had a couple of chances, like half chances on the counterattack, but yeah, they, it made, really made me doubt Italy's credentials, like for to like be a tournament winner moving forward. Okay, yeah. Uh- Another disappointing team that didn't wah, manage wah, to, uh, wah, to overcome their Frank bad performance. Frank DeBoer trash. <laughs> I called that shit. I was saying are, are to you, you, are we're you blaming, not... Are you blaming Frank DeBoer or are you blaming... I'm absolutely Matthias blaming Delict. Frank DeBoer. No, I'm blaming Frank DeBoer. Like, so I don't, did did you, they, do you think they looked good at any point? Like, no, no, I don't no, think they looked good. Not at all, no. I mean, like they were trash. They looked like they had no game plan. They were just like sending long balls up, trying to you know. He started Malin this game. You, which, okay, you have you have to acknowledge that you know at nil <laughs> nil earlier in the game, Malin does go through on goal and you know just doesn't manage to finish the one v one. Doesn't score. Right. And it's just one of those sliding doors moments where you know that could be we could be having a completely different conversation right now. But when the the red card on Matthias Delict for handling the ball happens. Like it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. It wouldn't have been surprising if, like, had that not happened, Czech Republic went on to win that game anyway. I mean, it would be surprising beforehand because you don't expect it. But as you're watching the game unfold, you're thinking, 
The Czechs have Holland's number here. They're like Holland can't break them down for shit. You know, which, I was gonna you know, say England the the, too, the, Holi- the Holish like Holish Suchek in midfield. Like we talked about them, you know, being really good and possibly being able to give Holland a run for the money in the midfield. They really did. They, I mean, Holish got the goal. Suchek looked great. Um, Patrick Schick, I mean, he was he was just a threat the entire game. Ended up getting the the second goal for Czech Republic to seal it, and. Overall, great performance from the Czech Republic. I mean, I was. They didn't even have to read. I, I wish I'd. I, I should have. I should have called them to win this. Like I. We should. I was like one mad at myself later because because I was like, dude, Frank DeBoer's trash. Like he's probably one of the worst. Like I, I don't know how he got this job. He got immediately fired right after the game. Like you you, you couldn't like. I I should have factored that in more and realized that like Holland were gonna choke. Like we were like penciling them in for the semifinals when like. We should have we should have been well, way more cautious about words this game. In, and the, in the last pod, were Czech Republic. They just don't seem like they can do it against the really top sides. But where you know you fuck, they, they where you did, fucked yeah. up is that Holland aren't a big side. Like I get yeah, it. Holland are they not are, a top they side. Are historically they're, they're not, they're a significant not, yeah. team, and they have more talent than the Czech Republic. But like, I, I mean, you you just mentioned Atalanta. Martin Darun is like the one Atalanta player that I would want nothing to do with. Like, I like. Do you remember him on Middlesbrough yeah, a couple years ago? He was he was like he was like he's one like, of their okay, better players. He's serviceable. You know that midfield of De Jong, Wijnaldum, and and Darun is like like Frankie De Jong is a very specific like type of player. Wijnaldum is probably the the playing the best in that midfield. And then, like, who are the other stars for Holland? Memphis Depay. You can't really rely on him. Dum- D- Dumfries didn't really show up in this right. game. He was one who's been big for them this tournament. And then they go you down know, to, uh, to 10 men, and me- that and Memphis Depay as well. is all of a sudden Me- Memphis Depay was just very quiet. You know, just got his big move to Barcelona. I was thinking to myself, like, why do Barca want this player? I feel like it's just another mediocre player who's going to end up not being great. And because he's on a free. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. Discount Barca. Um, but yeah, no, c- congratulations to the Czech Republic. Um, and I think they probably got the... I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I was going to say, no, nah, not the easiest uh, quarterfinal. Never mind. No, definitely probably not. not. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to the Czech Republic. Deserved winners here. And Holland, I mean, I just have no expectation for them in the next you know few years coming forward. I think they're still a relatively young team. Still like moving in transition from like well, I mean, they still have, like Stecklenburg in goal. Like a year and like, a half, a lot, of, a lot How can is like a thirty-nine-year-old Stecklenburg playing like goalie for Holland when they used to have like Vandersar and? Oh no, know, just, like, for me, it's busy. Yeah, it must yeah, have something better yeah. to do. Um, a year and a half, a lot can change in a year and a half. You know, Van Dyke will be back. Maybe maybe Barcelona kind of turn it around a little bit, and Frankie De Jong is in better form. I think people had a higher opinion of him after the the IX uh, Champions League run um, than they do now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there, there's players. There's plenty of young players. Malin especially. I mean, you can shit on shit on him and Depay for all you want for that Czech Republic game, but uh, you know when they've played before, even before this tournament, they play really well together and link up off each other really well. So there's some promise there. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't give up on them. It, it just didn't. It was just the wrong timing, you know. If this tournament is last summer instead, and there's no COVID, and you know Van Dyke is healthy, and all these other players are in much better form, maybe Holland have a have a better tournament. But that's just how it's worked out this year. We have to mention my uh, my pick for uh, winner of the tournament, Portugal, going out one nil against Belgium. You were right, Javier. I don't feel bad about it at all. It was a very even, like, cagey sort of affair. Oh, very even, very cagey. You know, 
I think we, we, we kind of called it, right? Like, that we thought it was going to be really close. It wasn't going to be a bunch of goals. Yeah, except um, we both and, said 2-1 either and it way. Kind of, and it kind of, and we needed, one, and we, one, or one nil right, and we way. needed, we needed, and it ended up just being a moment of brilliance that pretty much separated the two sides. Like, for me, the, the one player I was just kind of very disappointed with was, um, well, two actually. I'm going to say Bruno Fernandes. I think like he just had a horrible tournament. I know he didn't. He started the first two games for Portugal, didn't really do much, and then he's been benched these last couple of games. But even when he's come on the pitch, I felt like he's been completely a ghost. Um, which is, and, and he's like a huge player, right? He's a player you'd expect to like make a big difference in a tournament. Um, and then the other one is Jao Felix, who I know he's young. This was his first game. It was. It was. And and, it, and it's completely it's, unforgivable. It's, it's a little bit harsh. It's a little bit harsh. It's a little bit harsh, but. How did how was this Felix's first game? Number one and number two, like yeah, obviously he couldn't really get into the tournament. He, he he hasn't been getting much game time, but he's the type of talisman or type of player that you you know you got to lean on in some of these moments. And he was so good for Portugal, like in these last couple of years, and he's been really good, like when he was on Benfica, and he's been good on Atletico. So like I just expected a little bit more from him. I thought when he came on, he was going to change the game. And yeah, but, un- I don't but know, unlike Bruno Fernandes, who got his opportunities, I actually put more of the blame on Fernando uh, Santos for for that, for not even giving Shao Felix the chance. Like, I thought Diogo Jota had one of the the better tournaments for uh, Portugal. Uh, so I, this is in no way me saying that he didn't deserve to start, but I, I just think, tactically speaking, or even like game management speaking, it would make more sense to have started Shao Felix alongside uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and bring in Jota for his pace and directness, you know, late in games when it can be just that much more lethal against tired teams. Um, again, not criticism of Jota, just like for what he brings to your team, it probably would have made more sense to approach things that way. Give Jao Felix a little bit of confidence in that that first uh, big win against Hungary and then go from there. But it didn't work out that way. They focused more on... Katoa did make some big saves. Yeah, but then Portugal also missed... Very a good lot of chances. chances. Yeah, you know, Guerrero hits they the did. bar or hits the hits the post. Like with a few minutes left, yeah. I, it's I, it, as I was watching it, I was thinking, even if Portugal, you know, pull this, get get an equalizer, get it to penalties, and win, I'm still not like I don't feel confident about them. Like no, and going like forward. and like I said, like they didn't, they didn't show. You know, I know that they won that first game three nil, but. I feel like since then they just haven't been that great of a side. Um, much like France, like I feel like they were a lot of individual talents, a lot of egos, a lot of people who think that they're, you know, the best player on the team. Um, and I, don't know. I thought it was all. It, I thought it was all tactics. I thought it was. They didn't play. They, I, well, then maybe the manager needs to go. You know, Fernando Santos has been there for what 10, 12 years now at this point. Like he's one of the longest serving managers, along with the Uruguay manager Tavares, who's been there for like sixteen years. But. Yeah, I just I'm not sure. Maybe they need maybe they need a, a you know a new voice in the dressing room. So um, disappointing tournament from Portugal, but I think Belgium were probably the deserved winners in the end. Yeah, just barely. We'll talk about them in this uh, Italy preview in a sec. England finally did it. I don't know if you've heard, but this two 0 win that England had over Germany yesterday. At Wembley was the first time England have won a Euros knockout game inside 90 minutes. Wow, that's insane, right? That just shows you yeah, like the level of frustration and you know underwhelming performances that England have had specifically at the Euros. You want to talk about World Cups and penalties and stuff? 
But at the Euros, this is about as good as it's ever been for England. And I'm annoyed. I wanted Germany to win, even though even though I picked England. But I, I felt Germany were trash. Like they were. Let's just like get to the bottom line here. Like Germany were not good in this game. Yeah, I was not a fan of the starting. I wasn't a fan of the starting lineup, leaving Nabry and. But they're, they're two one v ones from Timo Werner and uh, Thomas and Kai Moore. Havertz. Well, Kai Havertz also had a one v one. I must, I must have missed that Mueller, one. Yeah, there are a couple Havertz, of 1v1s away from it being had 1v1s. You know, a 2-2 yeah. and being the kind of game that you predicted where it's high scoring and everything. But Timo Werner went and Timo Werner, unfortunately. and He he, he did have a good I, three chances. I, I would have, if I had a mortgage at, at the moment, I would have bet it on Thomas Muller scoring that chance when he went in, uh, when it was 1-0. And then it's a completely different game. Then all of the, then Wembley, like what the asset that Wembley is uh, in a positive way to England, then it becomes... Something that is something completely different where everyone is anxious and, you know, maybe that seeps into the players uh, and, you know, that that could have been Ster- England's doom. But they, they weathered Raheem, the storm Raheem, the Raheem Sterling, man. Raheem Sterling. And I told you Saka was going to start. You thought that if Saka started that England wasn't going to win this game. When did I and say I know that? He didn't, when did I you say said that? that to me? You said if they didn't start Mount and James, like you thought that, like, they would have trouble here. And I mean, Mount didn't even make the squad. I, I didn't say James, but because I, I mean, I knew that like James doesn't have Reese James doesn't have a, a guaranteed spot. That was probably the one. That's probably Mount, the one spot that I think that they got wrong. I think James should have started in that game. Well, yeah, because they were playing wingbacks. That's the Trippier that's the was, thing yeah, that Trippier made me was, think that England could win. I was thinking they're going to match up Germany's uh, three four John, three. John Stones, John Stones, man of the match. What a I mean, well, he no, was Harry just Maguire imperious it, at the back most of the time. Hit. Oh, okay. Maguire, I, mean, I was going to say was, both of them were, were great. Maguire, Stones were were phenomenal together. Um, and and I mean that, that's what I was that that's what I was saying on the last pod. I mean, getting back their captain, you know, defensively, I know that there was a few chances. Always going to be against an, an incredibly talented Germany side. There's always going to be a few chances, but Pickford showed up, played well. Um, he seems to play better in in an England shirt than he does for Everton. They still haven't conceded. Um, yeah, they still haven't conceded. It's now impressive and, because they've played Germany. Yeah, and and I just think that like they honestly in the end probably deserved to win. They took their chances, um, and then once that Sterling goal went in, like in, you just felt it. You know, like England were going to get a second one, and you just kind of felt like you said, like the momentum of Wembley kind of just swung it for them, and you never really thought Germany were going to come back in this. Um, and yeah, I just think that for this Germany team, it's just a little bit too soon. It was probably weird for them knowing that their manager was going to be gone at the end of the tournament. So. Just uh, for me, it was kind of just a tester tournament for Germany to see like what they're going to be doing in the future, what players they're going to be bringing, who's going to show up, and I'm I'm guessing maybe Mueller makes it to this next World Cup, but like players like him are pretty, you're probably going to have to start moving players like them on, and you're going to need more game time for your Nabries. Well, you, you see, um, I don't think I think they for need, your Timo Werners, for your need, Leroy Sané's. They need to move Mueller on because him and Kai Havertz are the same profile of player, and Kai Havertz had probably the best tournament of any German player, maybe other than Robin Gosens, but. Uh, I, no, I, I would I'd still say, say Kai, I could say Kai was, was Kai player. was the best player. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, but yeah, we we'll we'll talk about more about England. Um, Screw it, let's do it now because we're, we're not going to talk about Sweden Ukraine. Yeah, we're not going to talk. talk yeah. We're going to talk well, about than, Ukraine in the context of this other game. than disappointed with Sweden, disappointed with Isak. I thought they were going to be a little bit better. Um, but yeah, the, the red the, card was you know the killer. The red card, exactly. The red card was the killer. And, the and end, that was so. like well, that's one of the reasons why we say anything can happen in these knockout games. Is because like it was a red card. It deserved like uh, Danielson deserved to be sent off for it because I mean I'm not sure what the official diagnosis is, but it looked like he broke the guy's leg 
Um, it was a really, really like bad tackle, but he's going for the ball. It's just an accident, and it's just a really shitty like. It just sucks that it worked out that way, uh, and you know it can happen to any team. And you know, like Sweden were favorites in this game, but they weren't like heavy, heavy favorites. You didn't think they were going to blow Ukraine away. They don't blow any team away. So yeah, it's it, absolutely. I think it's kind of under under going to be underappreciated unless Ukraine pull off something crazy against England. The, the the way Ukraine went through in this game, 120th minute plus one minute of injury time, right at the end before it's about to be uh, penalties and that sending off like doesn't really matter. They take advantage of it and they they get a goal to win it and go through. Um, and what what more can, more can I say that I was right? Ukraine, yeah, the, the, you did like your Ukraine, the, the Dynamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk young generation. It's their tournament. They're they're here. Uh, that being said, I don't see it continuing against England, even though it's no longer at Wembley. Uh, that, th- that, gonna, game, that game is yeah. that game is Saturday, July third, um, and they're playing in Rome. So I think this is this is going to be the first game England don't play at Wembley. It's so be that the might only be a little factor. If they make it to the, if they make a run to the final. Yeah, it will be that, the only that, game that they might don't be, play at Wembley. That might be a factor, you know. Um, but yeah, I think this is the end of the road for Ukraine as well. Um, impressive performance, honestly, against Sweden. They they kept a really tight at the back. They ended up going up one nil with Sinchenko, and uh, I was impressed that they were compact defensively and that they were still able to play pretty well in the counterattack. But like, they didn't have many chances, so like, I, I thought they were kind of boring. What, and what about Yarmolenko? Like, I don't see pass. them scoring on England. The Yarmolenko pass to Zinchenko, the outside of the left foot to like oh, curl it, was beautiful, it around yeah. the, uh, the 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 defensive line. It was perfect, perfect Yarma. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. We're we're both going to pick England. I hate that I have to do it, but this is the I'm kind of game. Two nil England. This is the kind I think, of game. I just that kind of think it's going to be like against Germany. It made sense that he's a bit more cautious. He matches up with their their three four three and plays a three four three himself, and he plays Saka players with a bit more defensive work rate. I think for this Ukraine game, where you you know you're going to have the ball, Ukraine will just pretty much give it to them and, and you know hope to feed off some scraps. I mean, Jack Grealish has to start after what he did coming on for the, the, the two goals. I mean, he wasn't directly a part of the, the first goal as scoring or assisting it, but, you know, he's right. part of the build-up. Okay, that, that's what pissed me off, is that, like, Saka and Grealish were so good together in the last English game, and, like, Saka still played pretty well, but he came off in, like, the 65th minute, looked disappointed I, I think, that he didn't affect the game as much as he wanted to, but... I think you leave him out of this game. Possibly. You start Grealish. If you, you want bring, to start Phil Foden, you bring yeah. Mo, Mo, uh, Foden or Mount back in. I don't think Mount's going to get much games on the rest of this tournament, considering that he just spent, you know, ten days in isolation. Pretty much, uh, I yeah, read that the only all he had he to like keep himself. The only reason fit he didn't play was is... a bike. He had a bike in the room. Well, no, like, no, he, but on. he hasn't. I don't think he's in like. No, no, that's not. Like, that's not true. He's like there. He's out like training in his yard when uh, the the England team are training, and he's like doing all the same shit as them. But he's not obviously part of like the actual like defensive shape drills and stuff like that. So he's in shape, like. It's 10 days. You know, he's 22 years old. He's fine. But they got out, him and Ben Chilwell got out of isolation the night before the Germany game. So it was just too, it was too quick of a turnaround. This game is going to be Saturday, 3 p.m., like you said. I mean, if he doesn't start, that's fine. Like, there's obviously the chalk load of like that, those kinds of players like Foden and Grealish and. Uh, Foden hasn't played each of the last two games because of the yellow card that he had, and they don't want to risk him, you know, being suspended for one of these knockout games. So they probably bring him back into the fold, 
and dare I say maybe even Jaden Sancho, because you're going to need players that can unlock like a very, a very uh, deep parked bus kind of team. And the Ukraine, they're not even necessarily good at parking the bus. They're they're just they're just good at making you pay for overextending yourself. I saw them do it to Portugal in the qualifying for the, for this tournament when they 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 got first place in a group with Portugal and they beat Portugal in in Kiev to seal that wiped the floor with them. But they were defensive the whole time and just picked their moments perfectly when Portugal ex- overextended themselves to to break out and score their two or three goals they got. So it, it's a it's a tough one for England because they struggle with teams like this, as we saw in the Scotland game. But I think they'll Southgate looks like he's made enough correct decisions now that you can trust him to beat a team like Ukraine and get to the semi-final back at Wembley. So I'll, I'll say like I'll say three one England. Why are we even giving scores for these? <laughs> we had a, we had a Spain Croatia game that ended five three, and neither, neither of us would have predicted that. What are you going with? Oh, I said 2-0. I said 2-0. Two two so, uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's do. Let's continue with Saturday here. The earlier game on Saturday, Czech Republic v. Denmark. Um, that's at 12 p.m. They're playing that shit in Baku, which I've heard both teams complain that they were like, literally the Czech Republic said they would rather play in Copenhagen than go all the way to Baku and like have to like go play this game there. I don't get why they're playing there. I think that's some FIFA corruption bullshit, but why did our teams um, play a Europa League final there, Javier? There is no good answer. Who knows? The answer is Who knows? Money. But yeah, I, I mean I, I don't know how many fans are going to be at this game. I don't know how much like I, I doubt many people in the Czech Republic or Denmark are going to end up showing probably more from the Czech Republic. I mean, it's a little bit closer, but um <laughs> You can't. Say I guess that. not really. You can't. You're not say really. That. They're both far as fuck. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a little bit closer. All right. But I don't, Javier, I, don't, uh, I don't. I don't know what, where to go. Ohio with this is game. a little closer know. to California than DC is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking of random states that are you know not close. Yeah, to Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know where this game's gonna go. I know that you're really high on Denmark right now. I kind of feel like Denmark have the 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 momentum. I was saying that you know going into this game against Wales that I thought just the whole way that they played after the Eriksson injury and just like how they went and blew away Russia with five goals and then scored four goals here or sorry four goals against Russia, four goals against Wales. They looked imperious. They looked unstoppable. They played some great stuff. You know, do you think that Czech Republic can, can do this at all? Like, yeah, absolutely. I don't really think so. I kind of. So my my big okay. swing for the fences take is that Denmark are the team of destiny, and Denmark are winning the Euros. However, this game, I think Denmark are obviously going to win, but it's going to be really tough, and it's it's. Uh, People are people will not feel good about that pick, and I like probably off the performance will think like ah, I don't feel great about it now. But I'm just going to stick by them because I, I think if they get through this hurdle and they can get to England in the in the semifinal, I think they can have England. They can have England. They can have Belgium. They could get a rematch with Belgium with a bit more momentum this time and beat them. They could they could pretty much have any team that's in this. In, in that, this bracket. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, with you. I think Denmark's like got the team off, with the most momentum. They have, yeah, they have and they've been playing well. A good squad, but it's that like key players are making up for what you've lost in Christian Eriksen. Obviously, there's a huge amount of respect you have to give them for overcoming that in the first place and being at this point, like mentally having to overcome that. But then when you look at like, the actual you know footballing side of it, 
he was obviously their best player, their best attacking player, creative player, all of that. Uh, Damsgaard and Myler and I mean, I don't even think Dolberg is going to continue what he did in that in in that uh, Wales game with the two goals at his yeah, old stadium. Beautiful goals, yeah, beautiful. But if you've beautiful got like goals Yusuf Dolson coming back into the into the uh, the the lineup and. They're playing so I'm well not changing with so much anything confidence. if I'm Denmark. I'm changing no no player Nothing? that played in that Wales game. Nothing. Okay. I'm leaving Poulsen on the bench. I'm I'm playing the exact same lineup. I, so. I would maybe take I, out Dolberg I, and put in Poulsen and then bring I kind of think this is going to be like an easy an easy. I, I, I'm going to say the same score as the England Ukraine. I think it's going to be like two 0 Denmark. I don't I don't even think Czech Republic score on them. I'll, I'll say two one because the Czech Republic they've they're going to willingly take on this role as the underdog even though these teams are you know there's not too big of a chasm between them you know maybe in terms of how they're playing there is but in terms of the the names on the team sheet it's not going to be that big of a of a of a gap no i agree 2-1 is I agree. probably ta- talent wise it's not it's not but hear me out you know you know what you know what i'm going to do right now let's hold for a sec denmark are plus 900 to win the tournament England, it's not a bad bet, England are favorites That's plus not 175. Then you got Belgium plus 650. I mean, Javier, you actually, in terms of like money and likelihood, uh, you should probably go with Belgium. Plus 650 for Belgium? For Belgium? That's not yeah. bad. That's not bad at Czech all. Czech Republic I'm plus. Gonna make a bet. I might go put, go put some 20 bucks on that or something. Yeah, but Denmark plus 900. Give me that. I might actually reach out to someone to place that bet for me because I'm, get, I'm getting Team of Destiny vibes. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I, I kind of feel like they're a team of destiny. That's how I felt going into the Wales game and they put on a crazy performance. So I kind of think that they, they've got the most momentum going into into these quarterfinals. Um, we're kind of working in reverse order here. So on Friday, July 2nd, first game of the day, Switzerland, Spain, 12 p.m. Do we think the Swiss can do what they did to the French? Like, I, I seriously think that stylistically, just like them playing against a counterattacking team and having like you know a big guy like Seferovich to, to haul long balls forward is like help them against this France team but I don't think they're gonna have anywhere like near as much joy uh, in terms of like I think they could it's the same it's the or same I guess basic Spain, Spain have conceded a lot of Spain have conceded a lot of goals but possession wise they've been imperious in this tournament by far the best team in possession I, I hate to say it and but like I was... and the chances and one sec and the chances that they created because like I know that they missed before they scored their first goal, like they went up down one nil from that horrible own goal. Before Sarabia's goal, they had like six or seven chances that like they missed, and they they by far they, their expected goals is like ten times higher than anyone else in this tournament. So in terms of like chances created, if Spain ever find their finishing boots, and I'm saying this knowing that this team scored five goals in their last two games, if this team at any point finds their finishing boots, like they're going to start blowing teams away. So I think that's something to consider with Spain. I don't think they're going to do it against Switzerland because Switzerland are like such a good defensive compact unit, and like I know they conceded three against France, but. They they were pretty good like defensively and you know they conceded some world class goals like the Pogba and the Benzema goals were were you know awesome goals like you can't fault them too much for those so the, I could see this being like a fun one like a three two I, see I was going to entertain the idea obviously because you have to they just beat they beat France but once you mentioned but, that Jaka's out Grant, no granted Jaka yeah, I don't I, I don't I, see I, it I, now I can't they can't do it I don't think they can do it which I hate that I've, I've been like, brought to a place where Granite Jaka is like the deciding factor on like whether I think you know Switzerland can pull off an upset or not but you know you can't you can't ignore that he's a much better player for Switzerland because he's allowed and you know he's enabled to sit deep in a defensive formation it takes away from you know his clear deficiencies in in pace and and you know positioning 
uh, in a more open field and a more open game. He's not as mobile as you know lots of other midfield are, midfielders are these days, and as mobile as the, a lot of the Spanish midfielders. Um, but, but yeah, if he was allowed to play in this game, he'd just be sitting in the same place, playing, you know, reading everything in front of him, breaking up uh, passes into uh, the half spaces, and then playing long balls forward for Embolo uh, and Seferovic to try and you know create something. But without that, like without that outlet and that leadership, I hate to say that. I hate to use Shaka as an example of leadership. Without that, yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I he can't is for that it. team, though. He is for that team. Yeah, I'm going to say three-one Spain. I think it's going to be fairly comfortable, and bit- I'm not going to like think too much into it. Even if they beat Switzerland handling this, like I still don't think they're going to like go and win this tournament. But if they go on and they put on their finishing boots and win like five-one or something crazy like that, then yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll be more you know, supportive of this Spain team into going into the semifinals. I'll say one nil. And Spain. then this is probably the, probably the matchup of the round, the biggest game, Belgium, Italy, I would say is probably the, like the highest level on paper of talent um, as opposed to these three other games. Well, yeah, I mean, we were due to have uh, like They're the, apparently the, the, the France Spain game was supposed the big to be factor another one, for me is, but that didn't happen. Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne are both 50, 50 for this game. And if they play in this game, if they play in this game, they're not going to be fully fit. So, Eden Hazard, I, I mean, you know, you know, I love him, but I don't think that's as big of a miss as. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's, they it's have Bruyne, they have obviously. players to replace Eden. Yeah, it's De Bruyne. They have Carrasco and they have Thorgan, who has looked great. It's 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 KDB who, you know, was great in that Belgium Portugal game, but they they did have to play half the game without him. And they still did pretty well. So, I don't know. Uh, but I think if they don't have De Bruyne, I, I kind of think Italy might might be able to win this. But of course, like Belgium's my pick for the tournament. Um, now that France is gone, and I think I think Lukaku's just gonna like do- like he knows those, all those fucking Italian defenders. He's just gonna destroy them. He's gonna get like two goals in this game, and I think like, like oh, Benucci and he's just gonna, he's gonna yeah oh. he's yeah he's gonna he's gonna oh, he's gonna Jorginho? bully those guys, and he's used to playing against them, and you know he he knows that whole Italy team. So I kind of think he's gonna be the one X factor in this game where I think, and then, and then like I said, the Italy performance that they put in against Austria, like I thought it was underwhelming. I thought Austria probably deserved to go through and. I don't know. I think it's going to be a tight game. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I'm going to say I'm going to say it's like one-one possibly in regular time, and then like either Belgium went on penalties or like two-one in, in, in extra time. Um, but I think it's going to be really, really tight. So I'm going to say two-one Belgium. I know I picked Italy as like my dark horse, and you picked Belgium. Dark horses to win it, by the way. But this is precisely the kind of game that you know kind of made Italy qualify as a dark horse for me because in order to win this tournament going into it you're thinking oh you have to be able to handle you know Achillean Mbappe you have to be able to handle you know like Raheem Sterling and you know pacey players Cristiano Ronaldo yeah Cristiano Ronaldo and you know a bunch of very uh, pacey players that if you're starting Jorginho at the base of your midfield uh, Leonardo Bonucci and uh, before it was Chiellini but since his injury it's been uh, Franco Acerbi the 33 old uh, Lazio center back it's not filling you with a bunch of confidence of, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, read and react in like competently enough to these very fast paced counterattacks that like Belgium and, you know, plenty of other good teams are capable of when it gets to this point in the tournament for Italy to pull it off and to be able to overcome that kind of deficiency. There has to be like a monumental effort in possession by the Italians and 
I, I just don't see it. I love Jorginho and Verratti and probably Locatelli a bit more than Barella at the moment. I think Locatelli brings a little Locatelli, bit more I think that was steel. the one thing. Locatelli didn't start in the right. last game. He, you got to think he's going to have to start in this game. They have to start him. As because soon as he have, came they on, have to win Italy midfield. looked better. They have to, yeah, you know, they establish have to win themselves midfield. as the, the team that will control how the game is played. And then even then, Belgium could still just counterattack and beat them. Like they have to be flawless in their decision making, not giving away any easy balls in the wrong areas to allow counterattacks. I, I just don't see it happening enough. And I think I think Belgium kind of embarrassed them. I think it's like a three one. I don't think it's that close. Three one Belgium. And All frankly, right. yeah, I mean I know it's like as we just mentioned for the betting odds, England are the favorites, but I think Belgium have to be the favorites now to win the entire tournament. If if the De Bruyne injury is like not not a serious thing, then yeah, I agree with you. But if like De Bruyne right, yeah, is not really in that. the rest of the tournament, then uh, I, I I'm going to be a little bit more because there he's such a talisman, yeah, we're, such we're an amazing player for them. Starting to see so much more from even the likes of Tielemans and like Torgan Hazard scoring yeah, Tielemans, that goal against Torgan Hazard. Even Portugal. even Thomas Menuir, who's like came on in that last group stage game after um, I forget who got hurt, who was playing right wing back for them, but. He came on and like he was amazing in that last game um, against Portugal. You know, he he was a huge player for them. Like even defensively, I thought he did well. But attacking, obviously, that's his like forte. And uh, he's been playing well this tournament. Carrasco's looked decent. I don't know. Like you said, you there's there's been other characters I have to stop that have off, come out uh, of Belgium. They have they have Tottenham players at the back. I can't trust them. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. Well, you just did. I mean, you I did. I did for so. this game because. But I'm you're not going to trust him to win I'm the whole scared. tournament, right? Yeah. But looking at the other side of the bracket, you know, there's not a lot of quality over there. So yes, there is. You know, and they're the Danes, the great Danes. The Danes. They're coming. The Danes. They're coming, Danny. They did. They 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 beat Peru one nil. We deserve to win that game. Those fucks. We outplayed them. <clears throat> All right. Well, Let's, who are you picking for the tournament winner, Alex? Yeah, you heard who I'm picking. It's Denmark. They're winning the whole thing. All right. I'm. My mouth is watering over the idea of them playing England. England, you know, com- like the English fans completely working themselves up with it's coming home and, you know, we've got it at Wembley and everything. And then Denmark just shithouse their way to a 1-0 win at Wembley. I kind of think England are going to lose in the final. But yeah, I, it, it, look, if you want maximum pain for England, then let them get to the final and lose there. But no, I don't, because then that, that's, that's too much pain for me, Javier, because this entire right. time, it, whenever a summer tournament starts, uh, my my watch starts where, OK, when is the moment where I can start enjoying the tournament for real? And that's when England go out and uh, it's it, they're still in. So I can't really enjoy the tournament until they go out. So fair enough. Come on, Denmark. Go on. We went a little long in this one, but I feel like it was warranted. There were some crazy games. Yeah, why not? Some unexpected. We also didn't go over know, Copa America quarterfinals. Like we, said, but, you know. we didn't. But yeah, follow, follow, yeah, sure. Follow us on uh, follow the Goal School Podcast at Goal School Pod for our Twitter and for our Instagram at asmoss92 for Alex's socials and for me at Javier Rev9. And until next time, sorry.